Captain. Let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19, all new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Pie in the Sky Media. We're recording. Great. Three, two, one. Welcome back, Criminal Mischief Nation. We have got a wonderful bonus episode for you today of one of my favorite episodes in the last few months. Um, And uh, I'm excited to jump into it. But before we do that, I need to introduce, as always, the great Carolyn Osorio. We're here because of her, and she knows it. And uh, she makes me say that every single week. I do. I I do. I I know how to, like, pretend like I'm not a drama queen. (laughs) But it takes one to know one. That's all I gotta say. It does. No, you're 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 right. I'm 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 kidding. She um she gets embarrassed every time I say it, but it's the truth. So, Carolyn, how are you? How was your week? I'm great. My week was great. I feel like I always say that, but I'm I just have great weeks. We've been having really good weeks lately, right? Um, I'm Lots afraid of craziness. That, yeah, I'm afraid I'm going to get washed away by the torrential rains in Los Angeles that are happening right now. It is pretty crazy. Really? I'm normally the guy that's like, "Jeez, eh, man up!" It's freaking rain, but it is. Hey, you're talking to a Seattleite, so just no, just... I understand. But so, the previous mm-hmm. two day record for rainfall was, you know, 90 years ago, right? Mm-hmm. That's a lot. We got seven inches of rain in like a 36 hour period. That's a lot. Cry me a river, okay? I'm sorry, but that look on your face, you're like- It's always a light drizzle in Seattle. That's all it is. It doesn't rain No, no it's not. No, no, are you? Okay, now I'm not stepping- I think I know. I think I would know. I am not stepping into your trap, okay? I shouldn't, listen, I wouldn't, I've I've watched movies that take place in Seattle. I know what the weather's like, okay? It was in Seattle. Thank you. No, I watched war games. I'm a Gen Xer, okay? I know what happens in Seattle. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. But but for you know, I lived in LA for a really long time, for more than half my life, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. and it was it's it's That's been crazy. Yeah, it's been serious rain. It's been do serious. you do you identify now more with LA or still with Jersey, or how does that work for you? I really, you know what i I don't ever say I'm from Los Angeles because that's not true, right? I've lived here longer than I've lived in Jersey, um, yeah. but I also I also think that you know, the type of upbringing that you get in Jersey or the way that I got, it's, that's who you are, you know? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I don't consider myself a Los Angelino, right? If, I mean, I've lived here longer than some of the elected officials in the city who consider themselves Los Angelinos, you know what I mean? So that's, it's, it's weird. It's a good question, but that's just not how I feel. No. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think about it like, 
I've been married so long. Like I've been an Osorio now, I think longer than I've been a Danza, but I mm-hmm. still like, you know what I mean? It's the same kind of thing where it's like, sure. hmm. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, my wife and I, we, we just had her, uh, her birthday party over the weekend and, uh, and we're together for half our lives, which is pretty great. You know? I mean, that's, I'm, I'm with you, brother. I know yeah. it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's kind of, it's just interesting, you know, anyway. It's interesting to think about it. I mean, just, you know, that's the foundational relationship of my life, right? Like yeah. mm-hmm. she, she far and away is the person I've spent the most time with, like Same. in my life, right? Cause mm-hmm. I left home really young. I don't see my brother as much as I used to. My kids are, you know, young, all that. So, I mean, every day, 25 years, you know, so yeah. it's, it's really, I feel really lucky. No, it's funny because she, not to cut you off, but like my husband is the same. Like he knows my mom just like my sister would know my mom. You know what I mean? Like not exactly, but you know what I mean? Like when I, I can describe something and I love my mom. My, I mean, my mom and I talk every day. I love my mom, but my mom, you know, my mom's my mom. And uh, I can say something to him and he knows exactly what I'm saying. Like I just the way, the way that I would say it. And yeah. I just, I love that. I mean, there's so many wonderful things about being with someone for so long where they can just know what you're saying, you yeah. know, without you even really having to say anything. So I'm, yeah. I'm the same. Yeah. So here's to, here's to long-term relationships. It's a lot of work, but uh, it, it's totally worth it. So yeah. Yeah. Totally worth it. So let's talk uh, about this long-term. Uh, and listen, long-term. listen, listen, before what? I got married. Before mm-hmm. I got married, okay. Mm-hmm. I don't need mm-hmm. to finish that sentence. I don't think everyone knows what I'm talking about. Uh, uh, you know what, Brandon? Before I got married, I'm kidding. I was the biggest nerd in the world. It's really? Not like I, I didn't have the ladies coming after me. No, 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 no. I was shy and nervous, and you know, just yeah. So okay, really well, okay, okay. Well, yeah. I had fun for both of us. How's that? Good. There you go. They're terrific. Terrific. Okay. Good for you. Um, all right, so let's get into this. Let's get into yeah. this um, this Ted Conrad story because this is really, really, really cool. And um, and I love uh, the the weeks where you go away from um, the, the the crazy crazy murders that sustain you in your life, and you go to something <laughs> that that is a nonviolent, no blood, no mm-hmm. you know, no like murders, mm-hmm. no gr- gruesome crime scene shit, right? Mm-hmm. None of that. This is just mm-hmm. like. Good old fashioned. Is it this for you? A good old fashioned bank robbery, um, mm-hmm. and if we're, and this reminded me of a story that I may have shared in a, in an earlier episode, or I may not have. But um, we lived for a, for many years. We lived in Hollywood on this on this cool little quiet street, right in the heart of all of the chaos. Right, it was this nice little enclave, this little oasis. Right, is this and, where the hummingbirds um, were. This is where the hummingbirds were. Um, there were some very well-known actors on our street that you would know in a second, right? There were like, you know, crazy, almost homeless people that have lived in the same house for 80 years, you know, and-, and I love and these neighborhoods, yeah. Yeah, right, and they're really strange. Like and then there are young families and dogs and everything. And, and just up the street, there was a husband and wife with uh, with, a, with a little baby, my, my youngest's age. And uh, she's a- huge producer of like some really big television shows. Um, she works for Blumhouse and she produced like the affair and she produced like a lot of really, really good stuff. And her husband um, is 
or was because they had to move overseas for her job. And uh, he was a prosecutor for the Justice Department in Los Angeles. Okay. And primarily prosecuting uh, bank robberies like that was his thing. And so we'd have barbecues and all this stuff. And and uh, and I would always like pepper him with questions like, would you arrest and what would you do? And, blah, 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 blah. and I asked him one time, I said, so tell me, you know, because I just watched uh, that Soderbergh movie with Clooney when he was a bank robber. I said, how accurate is, are like are some of these scenes? He goes, the one where he walked in and just said, here, put all the money in a bag and or I'm going to blow the place up. And that's my accomplice over there, just like a total stranger that he pointed to. He goes, if you want to rob a bank, okay, like if you ever find yourself in your life where you need, like you desperately need like 30 grand, okay, and if mm -hmm. you're smart and you walk into a bank and you hand the teller a note that says, I have a bomb strapped to my chest, empty your drawer into this bag or I'm going to blow the place up. They're trained to do it. You take the money, you walk out. They won't catch you if you do it one time because the only time we catch bank robbers is when they get complacent and they think that they're really smart and they do it and do it and do it and then we catch them he goes if you're if you have the discipline to do it one time we'll have no fucking idea how to ever find you okay i want to and if you do it in 1969 that's the I, key. I know and that's the thing and then now <laughs> go back to 1969 this kid was like shit watch this so so several things jumped out at me about this one first was how young he was yeah okay? that they would put a 19 year old in charge of the vault. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, that seems a little weird, but maybe and you know what? It actually doesn't to me. And this is why sometimes there are young people that are super, super mature, like super, <laughs> just more mature than adults. And, and, and it's not like it's super rare, but like, I'll give you an example. When I worked the weekends, um, <clears throat> I was like the anchor the weekends. And mm -hmm. um, there was a kid that was like, and I called him a kid because he was probably like 20 years old and we always worked together. And he was the board operator, but he did other things too. And he was so like diligent and you totally just felt like you could just count on him for anything. You know, he was that good yeah. and you could have conversations with him. Like he wasn't your typical, you know, 20 year old, teenage boy, or I guess you're not a teen at 20, but 19 year old kid, you know yeah. what I mean? So I think yeah. that he probably had this, uh, he, and, and this board operator just took it so seriously. It was so diligent. Like I would have taken him over, you know, some seasoned asshole any day. Right. Because yeah. he just was yeah. like passionate about it and really felt like committed to it. So I think that, that this kid was that kid, you know? Okay. Now, my pushback to that would be where, where I agree with you that there are young people who are wise and mature beyond their years and that could handle responsibility. Okay. But it's generally, it's in areas like you were just talking about, where it's a specialized, like, uh, like an arts type of thing, like in the media, right? You've, you run into a lot of people like that on okay, film sets or on movie sets. This was a, this was a top Seattle. Right. But was, but was this guy's. Was this guy's dream to be a banker? Was that like his thing? And he goes, this is entry level. I can't fuck this up. This is my shot, dude. Right? You know like if, 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 yeah. If he I was that guy, 100%. I don't know when he actually watched the Thomas Crown Affair as opposed to when mm. he got the banking job. But I okay. think if I was betting, 
and just because I love this idea that this is the way it went down, that in 1968, he saw the premiere of the Thomas Crown Affair. And then he's like, I need to get a job at a bank. And he gets a job so at a I bank. Can rob it? So, so I, I can rob, rob it? it? Yeah. Yeah. That and I'm going to, really cool. and right. And I'm going to schmooze my way because I know how to do it. And, and he did. So I don't know if that happened that way, but I think it's. Let's say it did. Officially, okay. I'm, 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 I'm making it official. That's how it happened. Okay. Okay. okay, okay. Um, and so then in his master plan, a paper bag with cigarettes and booze in it. <laughs> it that was his, that was his it, master plan because he was so trusted and everyone mm -hmm. loved this kid. And they see him every day. And here you go. And he's like, look, it's my birthday. I'm going to be celebrating. Here's my alcohol and cigarettes. Show oh, everybody so, on the way in. It's so performative. Oh, my gosh. It's so right. Of course it is. And everyone's <laughs> like, oh, there he is. I know what's in that bag. Pokey, poke, poke, poke. You're going to go get oh, drunk. He goes, I sure, I, he goes, I sure am. Well, his asshole's puckered because he knows now the money's in it. Like, oh, my God. I hope no one asked me to show them the booze now because it's not booze anymore. It's fucking 200 grand, you know? Um, yeah. But he kept yeah. his cool. And then he mm -hmm. fucking vanished, right? He did. Poof, gone. Mm -hmm. Gone. Mm -hmm. Colorado first? Is that where he went, went first? To Colorado? No, he went to, it sounds like he went to Washington, D.C. And then so he went to L.A. And then he must have taken an, a flight from L.A. to Hawaii. And then he went right. back, to, back to Boston, which is where and he then, then he, where he settled. And, and he's like these allusions to the Thomas Crown Affair throughout the entire thing. He goes to Boston mm -hmm. where the majority of the filming takes place. He, you know, he, his name is not Ted. It's now Thomas. Thomas Crown Affair, Thomas like Crown. it's right. like a total nod to catch me if you can kind of thing. Like he's still playing with it, right? Yeah, but he didn't have, he didn't become addicted to winning, okay? Because that was the difference with Abagnale and in, in, in Catch mm -hmm. Me If You Can. He got addicted to getting away with it. He loved getting over on people. This yeah. guy, Ted Conrad, he did it once. And as far as we know, he didn't break the law again. He didn't yeah, become he didn't, a, a career. He didn't, he didn't become yeah. a career criminal, right? No. He lived a very, very normal life. He got mm -hmm. a little look at me, Louie, at first with like the really nice apartment and like throwing money around. Okay, which led mm -hmm. to a bankruptcy. Okay, we all make mistakes, I guess. Okay, um, but and he, and he hung out. He lived the high life. He did for like nine, ten years, right? Because he didn't yeah. get married until he was on until thirty. Okay, until the money was gone. Right. And so now he's just got to get a job. Got to get a yeah. job. He loves golf. Right. Mm -hmm. He loves cars. I mean, that just, cars. that just, that just killed me because it's like, you know, it sounds like he could have been a great golfer. And then you, you know, you think of the dumb things you do when you're a kid and yeah. it's like, I could have been, I could have been something. Could have been a contender, but look, the golf, I, I think here's my hot take. Do you play golf? No. Okay. Um, the golf is what, yeah, the golf is what saved him. Yeah. The golf is what saved him. Are you ready? He's a really? golf pro, right? Mm -hmm. He's a golf mm -hmm. pro. And yeah. that means he teaches people how to play golf. Okay. Yeah. And mm -hmm. what's, what's playing golf? Golf is your golf swing, mm -hmm. right? The swing is the essence of your golf game. Okay. Yeah. And the essence of a golf swing is two things. It's as simple as you can make it. Okay. And mm -hmm. it has to be repeatable. Simplicity yeah. and repeatability. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. What other two things do you need if you're on the fucking lamb for 50 years? Okay. You need to not stand out. You need to keep your life simple and you just need to do the same shit that works over and over and over again, just to stay off the radar. That, that you, sounds terrible to me. That sounds so it is terrible. On a predictable fucking golf swing for the rest of and my it, life. I know. That's what he had. That's what he had to do. He grew a beard. Because that's the easiest way to hide your appearance. You grew a fucking beard, okay? And just kept it simple and did the same thing over and oh, over and over God. again. I know, and that's- And, and that, that's and there, but, but listen, but there was also always this backdrop of anxiety. There had to be. <laughs> Knock know. on the door. And that shit turned into cancer and he died young. I mean, it's just, it's awful. Like thinking that he- could have been it's like thinking like you've written the best novel in the entire world but you can't share it with anyone so it would be it would you know? give away a, d- a darker secret that would destroy your life yeah and and just grappling with that swallowing that every day and i mean it's yeah. not like he had i mean he had a great life you know he it sounds like he was an amazing father and yeah, an amazing agreed. husband and was like even best friends with like an fbi agent who had no idea and it's just he was married like, for how long? Forty years. He's married. Yes. Forty years. It's like, can you just imagine that? I mean, I just it's it's hard to be that talented in golf and really want to do something with it, and you just can't because of a dumb mistake you made when you were nineteen years old. You know. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You're, I think you're you're downplaying a federal crime as a dumb mistake. Okay, okay. So. I'm just saying, stop, stop. Well, it's you're not like, it's not like it's not like he ran a red light. No, no, he he he. Okay, you know what? I'm saying. Okay, so I'm taking my okay. son. Like he's learning how to drive, and yeah. he sits there. And <laughs> the first thing he does is he like sits like this. And he's got his hand on the steering wheel and he wants oh, to play gangster. straight. <laughs> yeah, he's doing the gangster lean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like for the ladies. It's for the ladies. Barely get us out of the, the driveway. And it's like yeah. he's, I can see his 19 or his his 16-year-old brain moving, yeah. right? I can see it. And it's like I could just picture this 19-year-old kid. I mean, it's not that far removed. And he's thinking, oh my gosh, I bet you I can do this. This would be so cool. I'm watching this television show. I mean, this movie, Thomas Crown Affair. I just want to be him. I want to emulate him. I want to do everything. It's just like, I don't think that his, and and at 19, your brain is not fully formed. Of course not. When you marry an intellectual exercise in the wild heart of the young and you make this kind of decision, okay, that says, Mm -hmm. I bet I could rob this bank and I'll be a bad motherfucker like Thomas Crown. And then you have to deal with it for 50 more years that's what i'm saying and don't you think yes. he was like taking a hammer to his head and just like why did he regretted i do this? it he regretted it right away because he's a fucking idiot at, at, at first and thought that once the statute of limitations runs out he's a free man that's just stupid 
I know. Why I wouldn't know. everybody then go rob banks and then go hide out for seven years? I'm like, ah, fuckers, <laughs> time's up. Can't touch me. No. <laughs> but that's what he thought. Imagine, mm-hmm. put yourself in his shoes. Oh, no, I don't want to. That's what I'm he's saying. In up in his penthouse. He goes, I'm just counting the days. Four more years, and I'm I'm gonna go back into Cleveland. Woo, the big dick in town. Look at me. <laughs> and then someone says, Oh, hey, no, that's not how statute limitations work if you get indicted. Wait, what? Oh shit. He can't on the even hook? say it to someone. He has to sit in it himself. He, oh, can't he even brought it up in hypotheticals. He brought it up in hypotheticals at no restaurants. Way. I don't think people. so. I don't think for, so. Not for bank robberies, but for something like I don't know, like tax, tax fraud or tax evasion. He found a statute and goes, so if the statute of limitations was out, does that mean that this guy can just go back to his normal life? And a I, lawyer goes, unless you're indicted for it. And if you're indicted, then the statute of limitations are, are moot. Like, oh, whoops. I don't and think he goes, he goes I don't wait, think what? He brought it up at all. I don't think he brought it up to anyone. I think he kept his mouth shut and that's why he didn't get caught. He didn't make allusions to it. He didn't reference it. He didn't like, he just, he just. Wait a second. Wait a second. What? I brought up bank robberies with, with a a prosecutor. He didn't walk away going, I wonder if that fucking guy's robbing banks. No, he just thought I was interested in it. You don't know that. You don't know that. that. I'm still friends with him. Okay, you you well, didn't open up a, a, an FBI file on me or check I'm into my saying, background. I'm just saying you just he I just think he kept his mouth shut. He did not want to get caught and he was not dumb. He kept it shut for 15 years. No, I agree with years. you. I agree. He I agree kept it shut. Until he had a terminal diagnosis and he's watching fucking NCIS. And he goes, oh, by the way, uh, some shit might come out after I die. Heads up. He <laughs> but I'm not talking to- about it. And then he didn't want to talk about it. So this guy That's wasn't talking. I mean, right. it's like, I mean, can you imagine what that family was? I mean. Oh, no, that would be like if my wife came in one night and said, all right, Brandon, listen, you might hear some stuff about me in the next couple of months. And uh, I just want to give you the heads up, but we're not going to talk about it. I would, I would move. Okay. <laughs> I, would, I would, I would pack up that night. I couldn't handle that. Not knowing. Are you kidding? I mean, I, I mean, that's why I was like, when I was talking to her and I said, how did you go to bed that night without, you know, and she's like, well, he Probably. was dying of cancer right in front of me. I was like, okay, you know what? You're, you, you've got a point, you know, but still, I mean, that, that that's crazy. <laughs> Two months from diagnosis to his fucking funeral. I that know. is, I mean, listen, in a, in a sense, I want to say lucky, right? Because Sometimes that drags on for years of torment and, and destroys families. Um, I mean, they have, they have my condolences, but, but man, oh man, oh man. Um, like, it's not enough. You're dealing with your dad on his deathbed and then you have to deal with, oh, oh, you did what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? You know, mm-hmm. that's, that's kind of. I mean, what would you do? What would you do if your dad said that to you? Would you have gone to the police right away? Did, would you have waited till you know he passed away and and then dealt with it like what would you what would you have done that is an excellent question hmm my instinct would be um do you have getaway money somewhere that that's coming to me right like tell me where the shit's hidden before you die like that's the first thing i would say all right (laughs) (laughs) 
And then, you know, and then I would ask him, I would say, do you want to have some kind of resolution? Do you want to get it off your chest at a legal level? Because no one's going to put you in jail in your condition. Okay. No one's going to put you in jail. Do you want to confess? I could get an FBI guy here in fucking a half hour. Okay? <laughs> the negotiator in you. You're just trying right? to understand the situation by controlling it. Okay, okay. What, do you want to do? what do you want to do? What do you want to do? We're trying to offer some peace, right? Like what would make you feel no, better? I'm about talking this? about what you would do. Brandon. I would ask the person, how can I help you deal with this? I know, but, and, and we know that we know that, that, Ted did not want to deal with it. He wanted to watch okay. NCIS. Okay. He did right. not want to deal with it. He did not want to talk about it. So what would you have done? Sworn. I Listen, I'm sworn to secrecy on like 13 different things for years now. I can keep a secret. So if that's how it's supposed to be, that's how it's supposed to be. So that's what, you, that's what you would yeah. have done. You wouldn't have told the law enforcement. No, no, absolutely not. Because listen, 50 years later, I would consider it's a victimless crime, right? Did the bank go out of business because of this kid? I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. It was FDIC was around back then, right? So yeah. it's not like he stole people's money that and they lost their farm. You know, it was just, okay. Yeah. Yes. It, it, technically, no, it's not a victimless crime because the banks have shareholders and the banks deserve to not be robbed. So yes, mm-hmm. the victim was this bank 50 years prior. Um, mm-hmm. I think all of that time later, do you think they would have asked for their money back? I don't, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? But um, so f- in that respect, no, of course I would, I would keep a secret. I wouldn't say I have to turn my dad in because it, because of my conscience. No, I wouldn't give a shit. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Would you, you tell me you turn in your father? Uh, no, I'm not saying what that at all. With you? What I, is what wrong I'm, with you? What I'm saying is I would probably speak to an attorney because their name is a fictitious name. Mm-hmm. My name would be a fictitious name and I would want to know what, what was going on, you know, with that. And is if there I generational liability like that for the name, just because <clears throat> your parents, cause you're one of your birth parents, huh? Had a fake criminal like yeah, name. He hadn't gotten, she, I, I don't believe she was married. So she was like 30, I think she said she was 30 or 35 years old. So she still had the Randall last name. Right, but and- for her, that would be a legit name. Because a na- every, like at some point in someone's genealogy, every name is just made up, right? Mm-hmm. At some point, someone says, this is your name now. I'm going to make it official on this fucking piece of paper and I'll mm-hmm. stamp it with something. And now it's official, right? So- I would yeah. assume that she gets married Boston I, General I would, or whatever. I, I would yeah. want to know because that kind of like anxiety would, I wouldn't want someone knocking on my door, you know, 20 years later and like, why didn't you ever call us? You know, that's a crime. Like, I, I don't know the law enough to know. I mean, it's like, look at, look at Ted Conrad. I'm just going to wait this out seven years. And you know, <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, you want to make sure that you're, that you are factually accurate in what you're trying to do. I believe yes, that right. he was dying and his dad did not there. You know, I loved it how they just said, we'd love you anyway, because the guy had to have been tortured for 52 years, looking over his yeah. shoulder, thinking that some, I mean, he, I think he paid for it. You know, I really, oh, he, oh, he, he paid for it with broken dreams of golf. He played for it with, Absolutely. with the, 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 the monotony of a, of a, of a have to be safe existence every day. Right. Yeah. 
Um, I honestly don't think he was afraid that his wife and daughter were going to stop loving him. I don't think that was his fear. I think his fear was that they could be in trouble because of him. I think that was his only fear that he was going to fuck them up. And I think that they would want him. I mean, I think that he would want them to be safe. He wouldn't hold it against them if they were all that he cared about. That's all that he cared about. I think that's yeah. all he cared about. Yeah. And absolutely. that's what was so great about the relationship between Pete and when he came into their home and was like, put them at ease. And it wasn't some fake thing. It wasn't like, hey, we're going to just lull them into complacency and then yeah, the but, yeah. in about two seconds. Cops do okay. that all the time. Cops do that all the time. I hey, know that you're, you're not in trouble. I know just that's talk what to I'm saying. It wasn't, yeah. I know. And that's why I'm saying in this case, it was not that. In this case, right. it really was what he said. We just want to know what happened. We, you're not in trouble. And it's like- It that, was almost personal. It was personal for him at that point because of his father. Was. That yes. was, talk about generational. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So it was like, it, it, the best outcome happened, I think, given the circumstances that they had a cool, you know, U.S. Marshal who came in there and, and didn't make them like then go even more thousands and thousands of dollars into debt to bring some attorney right. in there to make sure that they were protected. Like, no, it's like they didn't do anything, you know? Yeah, he, he, he put a little uh, he put a little butter on that at the end where he was talking. He made sure we knew that he left them with a lot of bills. Like he made sure that we knew that. I'm like, OK, dude, I get it. <laughs> I need to hear stacks and stacks and stacks of bills a couple of times in 30 seconds. All right. I get it. I you know what? Okay. I wasn't going to put that in there because I felt the same way. It's like, I, I, why embarrass this family more than they already I are? Know. Right. But yeah. then I had. Seen oh, I, would, I don't think they're embarrassed. She, I, I think she's proud of her dad. I do. She sound when she talks about him, because regardless of, of, of what he did, he was a great dad. And she sounds like a really, yeah really sharp, really having her shit together, young woman. And, and Absolutely. I think she's proud of her dad. Yeah. I don't, I, I mean, I'm so embarrassment of like, who wants their, their personal business hanging out there, you know? Exactly. Like, yeah. That, yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. So, so am I to understand that this Ted Conrad kid who robbed the bank, he left and it was a clean break. He never saw his parents again or his siblings ever again. Clean break. So did he leave names or does, does she know who her grandparents were or aunts and uncles? She had no idea. And so that was a part of, I think they're reconnecting. Does she now now know? She she is reconnecting with them. I don't know the extent of what, of what that is, but there's a whole, because she was an only child and an only grandchild because obviously his parents were out of the picture because he said that they died in a car accident. So, you know, there was a lot of pressure on her as like the only you know, she was like, of course, you know, of course. So, so I'm just thinking like, like when did, like, does he have blood relatives that were also informed in the media or they found out like, holy yeah. shit, that's what happened to my brother. Yes. Yes. Wow. They were, the, the, Pete said that he contacted the family. I don't know how much the family was left. I know he had like, I think he had a brother. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, he just, that's the hard him. part for me. To be so committed to what you were doing to say, I don't need, even, even with, with, you know, his, his fuck up is like, I'll be able to see him again in seven years. So I'll just be cool. Even that is a long, long time when you're 19, 20 years old. Right. I know you feel immortal and and, and whatever, but still that's, man, that's a, that's, That's that is being committed, committed to, 
you know, he really liked that movie. Okay. He really, I mean, I really liked Predator when I was a kid, but I'm not going to go down into the rainforest and try and fight an alien. You know what I mean? So, I, think I mean, you this would try if you had the opportunity. I don't know. I don't know. I like Die Hard. I'm not out there trying to like fight criminals, but um, he really because, liked this current affair. Yeah. I started watching snippets of it. Like, I hadn't seen the original. I saw the one with Pierce Brosnan, which of course yeah. I loved. Um, Sap. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. Hey, okay. you know what? I'm not above a good a good romance, a good cat and mouse. Steve McQueen. All right. Anyway. Um, All right. Yeah. Anyway, I think that I I know just from seeing the trailer, yeah. I was like, oh yeah, I could picture this being real good with Faye yeah. Dunaway and that whole sexual tension and just the whole like you know, posh existence and like messing with law enforcement. I mean, of course, it has all of the things that you know, make it good. So I think that, like I said, going back full circle where, yes, this was this huge federal crime, but like how many times have we seen and we, we showcased, you know, people doing dumb stuff and it's just like they get talked into it by somebody that manipulates them. And then all of a sudden they're killing someone, you know? So, so in this, it was like this movie that got into his head. He kept watching it over and over again he felt like it was such a challenge and you know, he did it. Turned out to be really, really easy. It's just, you got to grow a pair of balls for five minutes, you know, and go, all right, I'm walking out of this vault. Oh, I'm sure he was but, visualizing himself as Thomas crown as he did. Absolutely. It. Just That's keeping how it cool. Right. Oh yeah. He was super he was cool. I'm going to go drink and smoke cigarettes. Cause I'm going to be 20 and bah, 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 bah. And he leaves and then. Oh, yeah. I'm sure it was like a, a, a performance of a lifetime. Oh, my yeah. God. You know, he probably had it strategically placed. So it's like the, the the crown or whatever it was, the Canadian club or I can't remember. But and then the Marlboros. See, but wouldn't they be wouldn't they have to be out of the bag when he left to make room yeah, for the cast? I, that's what I was wondering too. Did he leave those things behind to have extra? Did he leave the booze and the, and the smokes in the, in the vault? That would be. I, that would be super Thomas Crown with a little note. Like like, ah, Have a drink on me, bitches. <laughs> See you in seven years, fucko. Yeah, whoops. <laughs> you know what? I'm sure he was loving every second of it because it's like any criminal who does these things that to us seems so like, I would be so nervous. I would just be dying inside. I couldn't do it. Whereas he's so caught up in that moment. And I'm sure he's yeah, like, well, Oh my gosh, I'm living my look, fantasy. I hope he enjoyed it. Cause he didn't have a moment of excitement the rest of his life. <laughs> no, I know. Yes. I know you with your like golf swing analogy. That makes me want to go jump off a bridge. If that was my, Listen, that's what a golf pro will tell you. A good, I know, but I don't want it. I know, I it's boring, but <laughs> the best golf swing is boring. Okay. The best golf swing is boring and repeatable. Do the same thing over and over again. Boom. I just slightly surprised that you yeah. play golf. That doesn't seem like something that you would play. Yeah, uh, but you do. I do. And you've I've, had a I've had a bad elbow for like eight months, so I haven't played in a long time. But uh, 
It's, you can't um, wait to get back there, huh? Yeah, I miss it. I miss it. It's fun. It's meditative. It's, you know, you're outside, <laughs> you know, there's one guy that I play with, uh, and, uh, yeah, I miss it. I miss it, but okay. I'll well, I'm glad that you enjoyed the episode. Yeah, it was great. It was it great. Was, you were, you were the one that told me about it and you got such a twinkle in your eye that I just was like, uh, okay, let's have some fun. Yeah. It's a classic deathbed confession. My other favorite one is, uh, this guy died a couple of years ago up in San Francisco and, uh, he didn't even confess on his deathbed. He wrote a letter that he uh, advised his children to have published like in the Seattle times or Chronicle, whatever the fuck it is, uh, in the event of his death. And he was an engineer for like 30 years at a pretty big firm outside of San Francisco, like in Berkeley or something, and was responsible for like bridges and like antenna towers and like pretty, very important pieces of infrastructure that people used like on the regular. Um, and in this letter, he's like, I lied on the application. I lied that I had a degree in engineering where I never went to college and they never checked it. And I just figured it out on, along the way. And I was always nervous that something I built was going to fucking collapse and kill people. <laughs> that was like the dam. There was like this dam in California, right? That, <laughs> yeah. Like, but he did it. And so like this, this note like triggered all of these all of these uh, inspections of oh shit that he built, and they, but they were all great. All the math was right. He learned. He taught himself tricks so he could do figure out like the, the engineering tricks. He trig trig trigonometry. <laughs> he taught himself trig, right? So he could so he could build so he could figure the shit out. Yeah. So that was a great one. That was a really that you know, talk about balls. Another like something I that would drive me insane, the idea of being a fraud and truly being a fraud. Oh, yeah. Like, and imagine that guy. To find out. It's like, it, you know, it's like, how many times would that guy like that think like, all right, this has gone too far. <laughs> I just got a commission for a bridge that people are going to be driving over. <laughs> I know. Right? I, I can't. It's like, I can't. I but then at that point, did he go, all right, listen, this has gone on long enough. Yes. I, I'm I not this so. guy. Yes. I think you would say. But I he didn't. Check, please. I don't <laughs> think. That... He didn't do it. I know. Could you live right? like that? Could, Brandon, could you live like I, that? I could not live like that. That's no what way. I'm saying. I, like no. I, I have too many. I can't play poker. I have too many tells. Well, if I'm lying. I get a big rash like on the side of my face, right? It's terrible. It's terrible. Note to self. Okay. I know. I, I'm telling you, I have no choice but to live an honest life because I break out like right here. Okay. Like I can't tell my wife I like something that she's wearing if I don't because she'll look at, look at my face like, okay, you're telling the truth. Yeah. <laughs> it's no way to live, Carolyn. It is no way to live. <laughs> I'm glad my kids haven't figured it out. Are you lying? Get over here. Let me see your face. <laughs> Look you're lying. Let me see your face, motherfucker. Okay. You're lucky. Yeah. That is uh, too funny. Oh, That's funny. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, I, I wouldn't want to live like that either. And I don't get rashes. It is my curse. <laughs> All right. Well, let's wrap this up. Uh, this was a lot of fun. So uh, thank you, everybody, for spending a little bit of your time with us today. We appreciate it. If you enjoyed the show, please go over to Apple Podcasts. Give us a rate and a review. Share with your friends. 
uh, that would help us out tremendously. And please consider supporting the great companies that support our show. We could not do it without them. And I mean that. Uh, Carolyn, anything to add? Nope. We'll see you next week. Thank you very much for another great episode. And until uh, next week, stay safe out there, everybody. Bye. From Cloud 10, Criminal Mischief is a pie-in-the-sky production recorded in the beautiful Pacific Northwest. We're produced by Brandon Morgan and myself. Music by Soundstripe. I'm Carolyn Osorio, your writer and host.